welcome to Theatre Club, the podcast where four friends drink cocktails and talk about theatre. We review shows we've seen, give our top tips for getting the best deals on tickets, and look ahead to upcoming shows we're excited to see. I'm Oscar, and I'm joined by my sister Alice. Hello! Our friend Ruby. Hi! And we're usually joined by the Scottish Madeleine MacDonald, but she is not here this week, so it's just the three of us, but she will be back. Yeah. She will. She's at the premiere of Isle of Dogs, which I'm pretty jealous about. Oh, yeah, me too. Good for her. So let's cheers to our second episode. Cheers! Cheers! For anyone who's joining us again, welcome back. And for anyone who's listening for the first time, welcome. So, Ruby, what are we going to be talking about this week? We've got a couple of reviews for you. Girl from the North Country and Rothschild and Sons. But first we wanted to talk about booking tickets. How you should book, when you should book and how much you should spend depending on the theatre you're going to. So Alice, why don't you kick us off with our tip of the week? So my tip of the week is an award winning immersive theatre production. It's called Lies and it's coming to one of our favourite theatres, the Almeida, which is in Angel. So this show has had a sellout run at Edinburgh Fringe Festival. It's had amazing reviews and I didn't really want to look into it, you know, these immersive things. You don't really want to, le- like, know too much about it before you go in. So I, I'll I just read you out what's on the strap line on the website. Yeah. So it says, For one night only, we invite you to join the super rich. The 1% you will call the shots. You will be the centre of the economy. You will have the power. Given the chance to do things your way, will you play it safe or risk it all? So it's quite, it sounds quite exciting and it sounds like it'll be very interactive. You might get separated from your group. I, I think it's sort of a gambling situation. Yeah. In I don't know. It I sounds have... like role play to me. I think there might be some role play. <laughs> it's up your alley because you, totally... you love audience participation. Absolutely love it. Give Alice... me an opportunity to get involved and I cannot, cannot help myself. I'm not so keen, but I do also love immersive theatre. If it's done really well. Ruby, do you remember when we went to see Punch Drunk? And I held your hand the entire way through. I, I was know. so petrified. You were. Um, <laughs> and there was nothing to be scared of. No. I was very scared. But that was very uh, sort of discombobulating, yes. that whole show. I think this will be more kind of in situ, I mean, especially because the Almeida, let's face it, it's a pretty tiny theatre. So you're not going to be sort of transported up and down lifts and different <laughs> floors and find yourself in a desert or, you know, like with soil under your feet or yeah. whatever. So, um, but I think it sounds really exciting. Um, when's it on? So it's on from the 1st of August for three weeks. So it's a really short run, really limited run. So here's the important bit. Everybody needs to put a date in their diary, which is the 13th of March. These tickets go on sale then and you just need to get them and they will sell out really, really quickly because it is a small theatre. There's only going to be a limited amount of tickets. So that's my tip of the week. 13th of March is when they go on sale. Three weeks in August, book them. Yeah, and actually it's a really interesting point because I think... You know, with a theatre like the Almeida, off West End, like you say, very small, but the tickets are really reasonably priced. It does tend to sell out pretty fast, so you need to be up to speed with when the when the tickets are being released and the booking dates. If you get on their mailing list, they send you out the dates and what's coming up, and so you can make sure that you get the tickets. And then, you know, if you get online on the day, then you, you will get tickets, mostly, but you just have to be a bit canny about it. Whereas, I think it's a bit different with the West End sometimes. Oscar, you're always my West End guru and who I go to when I want to know about tickets. What would you say as to how you decide when you're going to book something in advance and when you're going to wait for the run to start and sort of see whether there's offers and things like that. Well, I'm feeling more and more with the West End, just wait. 
because with the introduction of the app Today's Ticks that do rush tickets on the day and nearly all theatres doing day seats now that you can go and get on the day, I kind of just think wait and go and get those seats because they're so much cheaper. Mm. And if you want to book in advance and find the cheap seats... You're looking at kind of, for a £15, £25, you're looking at the back of the upper circle, yeah. which is fine sometimes, but I also just think if you're, you know, if it's a show that you want to see a certain performer in or a, you just want to kind of be more close to the action, and yeah. I kind of just think, wait, do day seats or wait for an offer. So I think today's ticks is fantastic for, they have yeah. the rush seats, so I really want to go see 42nd Street. They do a rush offer on that, £25. And Lulu's coming. Oh, yeah, I heard Lulu, that. Sweetie. Lulu, 17th of March, sweetie. She'll be in it from then. Yeah, Lulu. so I am in okay. for that. Well, definitely. I'm going to get, yeah, once she starts, then I'll go see it. And I'll probably do today's ticks rush, or I will go on the morning and do day seats. Because the, um, <laughs> the point about day seats, just to explain to people, is that often... The day seats that theatres sell off actually are really good seats. They're often in the stalls or kind of front sometimes row. front row. So comparatively for the price, you're getting a lot closer to it, aren't you? Than yeah, for you... 15 or £20. Pounds. I know that not everyone likes to be in the front row and it wouldn't be my ideal choice. But the alternative, if you want to spend 15 or £20, pounds, is to be at the back of the stalls or the very back of the upper circle. And I would often rather be closer up. So yeah, I would say with most things, wait. So for example, two shows coming up, Al, that you really want to see, and oh. we all want to see, obviously, our company with Patti Lapone, Rosalie Craig. They're having a female Bobby in the lead of I'm company. I'm so excited. That's going to be fantastic. But tickets are already on sale. So expensive. They're very expensive. And if you want the cheap ones, you're going to be in the upper circle. And the upper circle of the Gilgood has a fairly tight curve. What so, have we seen there? We I saw, saw Dame Angela Lansbury. Blythe Spirit. In Blythe exactly. Spirit. And I mean, I could see the top of her wig for the entire <laughs> show. But by God, I wasn't missing that performance. I wasn't yeah. going to miss it, so I booked it in advance. Because I just thought, I cannot miss probably the last thing she'll ever do before she dies. Um, let's touch wood. Um, but she she was amazing, but I could hardly see her. It's so mm. far back, and I wish I'd got a day seat now and just and gone, gone and sat closer. in the front row. So it's curve, difficult, isn't it? Because yeah, sometimes you feel that sense of that you're risking it by not buying the tickets. I think there's that sense of, especially, like you say, if it's a performer that you really want to see, the temptation is just to be like, just get that ticket because I don't want to miss it. But actually, I think you make a really good point, especially... It does depend on the length of the run sometimes, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, if you know something's got a long run, then actually if you're willing to kind of bide your time and wait a few months, then you probably will be able to pick up a ticket. But I'm in this... still waiting for Phantom of the Opera to not be <laughs> as popular. <laughs> when will that run end? I mean, gosh. Never. Oh, God. I mean, those costumes, let's face it, they probably... Stick of the sweat of 25 years. Oh, and a lot of dry ice. <laughs> um, the other thing to say on that point, I think with the West End, it doesn't often completely sell out. So if you do have that sort of panic of you're getting towards the end of a run and you just really, really want to see a particular actor, actress, show, whatever, then if you're willing to stump up the cash, I would say you can usually get a ticket. On the day. On the day, yeah. If you're willing to spend the money. If you're willing to spend the money. Or if you're willing to get up early. You or... just think, if look, if you really want that day seat, when I went to see, I can't think what the earliest, Matilda. When I went to see Matilda, I think we got there at 
6.37. We just got there early because it's a famously quite a long... Or at the time it was. Didn't somebody pip you to the post? Though? There was there were people there already. And at, at Wicked National Theatre, there's always people there at 6, 6.30. Some shows have long queues, mm. but you just have to, you know, get a there early. Tip for that, I think, is... If warm you... boots. And a... <laughs> well, yes. Warm boots, flask of tea... <laughs> Sleeping bag, you know, get yourself I found, settled in. I found no. some cardboard boxes by a recycling bin and I sat on those oh, outside the Cambridge Theatre oh, for Matilda. Very no. comfy. I was going to say, if you go onto um, either Twitter or um, Theatre Monkey, gather them up as well. People tweet stuff with the hashtag day seats exactly. about the length of the queues. So you can, if you're thinking about trying to get day seats for a particular performance, if you go onto Theatre Monkey, look it up, people will say, got here six o'clock in the morning I was the third person in the queue or whatever and it's really really useful to sort of check that out beforehand so you can gauge roughly what time you need to get there yeah definitely because if you look at network at the national at the moment people are getting there six six thirty if you look at the birthday party which I really want to see I read some reports that people are sort of arriving at nine thirty ten and there's only a few people in the queue so but another tip don't go on a wednesday the queues are always bigger for day seats on a wednesday because you've got your matinee and your evening so mm-hmm. you've got double the amount of people in the queue same for the weekend yeah yeah so i think monday tuesday thursday are a good day to go and get day seats absolutely ask the other thing i really want to see is the king and i which is opening at the palladium in june do you think we should book or do you think we should get just day seats I do not know at the moment because the Palladium don't have a consistent day seat policy. Sometimes they offer them, sometimes they don't. It's not like a lot of the other Western theatres where they always have them for every production. And then looking at the seats, they are really expensive. £35 are the kind of the cheap seats in the upper circle. And I just, I don't know. You have to weigh up whether you want to spend more, get close, spend less and just see it from a distance and kind of... Throw some money at the problem. Maybe just throw some money at the problem. It's supposed to be a fantastic production. It's on from the end of June, so 21st of June, till the 8th of September. Not long. Yeah, so that's July and August. Basically July and August Mm. is not very long. Mm. I mean... And it will be popular. It's a classic. I think this is a case of maybe throwing some money at the problem and making sure that we see it. Yeah, how much money, though? Royal Circle at £75 to 150 kind of price. Wowzers. Yeah, so you're looking at the 50, you know, looking at spending... Okay, spending. we'll buy one ticket and I'll see the first act and, and you can see the second I'll act. sneak in. Yes, and it'll be fine. I'm thinking of sort of waiting. And then, like you said, a, a big West End show, it is a big auditorium. They won't sell out, sell out. No. I feel like on the day you could go get returns and you might have to throw a fair amount of money they might only have returns worth you know 70 quid but then you have to make your decision then yeah and you won't necessarily you know and then you've waited to see whether the option of day seats is available available. you know whether something changes that's a very good idea let's do that and then I I mean it's a bit like what we did with people places and things oh yeah where we waited and waited and then we were going to go for day seats but we checked out and the queues were mental And so then I just went on the website and I was like, actually, there are some tickets available. I think it was about 60 quid that we ended up paying. We just said, let's just buy them. We want to see this thing. It was amazing, you know, and I would never regret doing that. So no. I think, you know, I did the same thing, but I went all by myself. So I got an even cheaper ticket because it was just one return that day. Ooh. So I managed to get quite a good seat for sort of 40 pounds or something just by, by myself. It's really so good. I think, yeah, I think you can get them. So. I think let's wait for King and I. Okay. I think we'll be able to get something nearer the time, but I think it's going to be worth seeing. 
Definitely. So we'll we'll make it happen one way or another, but I think wait. Okay, that's cool. So I think sort of basically headline from that is if it's West End, probably best off waiting for smaller off West End theatres. We would recommend booking in advance. You can tend to get really cheap tickets. So yeah, recommendation would be find a theatre you like <laughs> and put put it in your diary. Yeah, we'll just get just... on the mailing list. Get on the mailing list. So yeah, for Southwark, Donmar, what else would you recommend? Or just listen to this podcast and we'll tell you. I'm going to do a tip every week. So if people listen, I'll be... And my tip next week is a juicy one. Juicy tip. Juicy couture. Okay, (laughs) cool. Just want to mention one thing before we finish this discussion. I had an email from the Old Fit because I'm on their newsletters and they are doing a £10 offer for previews of Brief Encounter, which is a show um, that Emma Rice is putting on. It's an Old Vic production, but it's going to be at the Haymarket uh, Empire Cinema. And it's a sort of play, but with cinema and dance. And it's it's meant to be amazing. And it's originally... It's Knee High Theatre Company. It's Knee High Theatre Company, isn't it? I yep. love them. I love Knee High. They're so creative. You never quite know what you're going to get. And I, do you know the film, Brief Encounter? I know of it. Uh, I don't know whether I've seen it. You you will have done it. It's the black and white. She's yeah. on the train. She has this... I don't want to, like, give too much away, but it's a, it's a classic. Yeah. And I think I might take Mum, actually, for Mothering Sunday. Yeah. So, I, w- I would love to go. Yeah. £10. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. To see previews. And so the previews... And there's, there's um, a lot of dates... I'm through. not going to be here. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, you'll be away. To yeah. 2nd of March to the 18th of March. Is when the previews are. It's the £10 preview tickets. It's for band B2C tickets, which is quite good. It's in the Empire Cinema, so it's like a big, wide cinema auditorium. So you're going to have a good view. You're not going to be stuck behind a pillar like you would at the Old Vic. Yeah, I think that's a good a good shout. Yeah, I'd book that as soon as possible, basically. Yeah, so basically, yeah. How do you get those? Just Google... I think you need um, a code, PWC10. PWC10. You can Google it, you'll find... Or just sign up to the mailing list for the old Vic. Well, they've already sent it out now, though, so you won't get it again. (laughs) But in general, their their PWC (laughs) offer's really good. They offer, for their previews, the first week of previews, £10 seats within the old Vic for their productions. It's really worth doing. That's how we saw Girl from the North Country, isn't it? It is indeed. That leads on nicely, then, to Girl from the North Country that Alice and I saw last year at the old Vic. You saw it on its West End transfer. It's now at the Noel Coward Theatre. Absolutely, yeah. I saw it a few weeks ago. Um, I took my whole family. It was a bit of a Christmas treat. Uh, it's um, it's the sort of... It's not exactly a musical. It's like a play with music uh, featuring Bob Dylan songs. And um, my dad and my sister and my mum, sort of, because she has to be, uh, are all ma- uh, massive Bob Dylan fans. So, yeah, we went on a Friday night, booked ourselves expensive seats in the stalls. So it was a real treat. Um and yeah i really um i really enjoyed it i thought the performances were great really nice singing uh, i really found the way that they'd kind of rearranged the bob dylan songs really interesting um and i liked the way that they sort of used the music to create this mood it's kind of set in depression era america um, in this guest house with this family and then sort of their guests coming in and out and all their slightly miserable stories, to be honest, kind of interwoven. I mean, the one thing that I felt in all of that was there was frankly a little bit too much story and plot, more than I needed, probably. I felt sometimes like, oh, there's another character and another story, whereas I was just enjoying the music, really, and the kind of mood. So I was just kind of letting it wash over me a bit and not really so interested in all their backstory. That's true. That's what I remember about it from last year is 
what you remember is the music. You remember the mood that those songs create. Not necessarily, I don't really remember the story. To me, it was perfect. I just listened to all the music and I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, some of the voices. So the, the actress that played their daughter um, was incredible. Oh, I thought her um, voice... Marianne, she was... A... Marianne. Yeah, she was so good. Her voice was so clear. In fact, I think everyone was just... Sheila Atom, she was. Sheila Atom, yeah, her voice was just... And she was a bit of an undiscovered star, I think, before this, wasn't she? Yeah, this was one of her first things. In fact, we sat and... Remember we sat... Her friends were sat behind us. When we went to see it in previews, two of her friends were sat behind us and she hadn't... So they were really excited to see her. It was one of her first big West End things. Good for her. Yeah, she was incredible. And I thought Shirley Henderson was incredible as well because she's got, like... When you see her acting, you know, Bridget Jones or Harry Potter, she's got that squeaky little voice but it translated into her singing voice was really rich wasn't it kind of hers was the standout textured. performance for me i thought um so she plays the wife of the guest house owner and basically she's got sort of early onset dementia and so she plays this kind of mad character throughout where the madness kind of gives her this lucidity and i just thought her the way that she moved, the way that she used her body to convey that character and, and her singing as well was exceptional. She was my favourite, I think. But I thought it was kind of the perfect match of theatre and musical. Like you said, it's a musical play, but it kind of had all the stuff, the weighty kind of stuff I think that you want from a play, but then punctuated with these great musical performances with a live band. It had a real vibe. So for me, it was kind of everything I love. And Alice, you... I think it's fair to say, not a Dylan fan. No. Um, do you think, would you recommend somebody to go to it who doesn't know Dylan's songs? Yes, because I thought it was, I just absolutely loved it. I found it really moving. I really, I'd like to go again. And actually, you know when you, if for me, I don't want to, if I went to see, for example, like I love Prince, and if I went to see a Prince musical and they'd redone, reworked Prince songs, I'd actually find it quite annoying. I'd be like, no, just play the original, it's so good. So for me, I actually quite enjoyed the fact that they'd reworked his songs because I just heard them fresh. It's not like a jukebox musical. It's not like a character who plays the tambourine comes to town and then they all sing Mr Tambourine Man. Mm-hmm. It's sort of, it was kind of odd choices of his songs. Half of them I didn't know, kind of album tracks from... For the real aficionados. For the real aficionados. In our family. We knew them all. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think in any way you have to like Bob Dylan. I was talking to someone today, actually, who... Her, she was she wanted to see it. Her boyfriend's not a Bob Dylan fan, but I said he wouldn't care at all because he's not going to have to sit and listen to Bob Dylan songs. He wouldn't. You wouldn't even know until you heard a couple of the more popular ones, but they're still not done in that style. Also, this is... Like total sacrilege, but they're sung much better than Bob Dylan would sing them. Let's be honest. Is really is so, like if, you to, if you want to listen to some sort of <laughs> melodic Dylan songs rather than you know kind of strangled uh, voice. Yeah, his vocals are are unique and specific. Whereas this, you hear well, he's a whole a poet. range of yeah, you hear a whole range of people with different vocal styles doing his his music within a play. Oh, I loved it. I, we took uh, my cousin to see this show, and he's just a lowly fisherman from Cornwall, and he don't get to see much culture in London. And honestly, he thought it was amazing. He gave it a standing ovation. He thought it was one of the best things he'd ever seen. And I was sitting there thinking, oh, is he going to like this? Is this just a bit too 
odd and dark, but actually he thought it was amazing, didn't he? So well, I recommend anybody. He's get to a see big this. live music fan, and I think you get real live music. There's a live totally. band on stage, there's live performance. You get yeah. that sense of like being at a gig, but you're also getting that was a the, play. That was the whole thing for me, and that was what I enjoyed about it. So Oscar, if people want to go and see Girl from the North Country, which I think they should, it's really good. Do you? How would you recommend people get tickets? Well, it's nearing the end of its run, so there'll be less kind of general offers on time out and stuff. So I would go today's ticks, which is £25, I think, for rush seats on the day at 10am, or go in person to the box office at 10am on the day, £15, I think, front row. It's a production worth seeing close up, so I think that's a good option. That's very good, £15. I think it's time to mention this drink, Oscar. Yeah, oh, yeah. drinking. I'm, I'm very well, much enjoying it. It's um, It's got a good kind of bitterness to it. So, like, what's in it? So this is a signature cocktail created for a show that Alice and I went to see, Rothschilds and Sons, at the Park Theatre. And so this is called the Rothschild Lunch, based on a kind of cocktail called the Banker's Lunch. Obviously, the Rothschilds are bankers. Mm-hmm. So it's, it. it's mandarin vodka, ah. grapefruit juice, orange juice, vermouth, white vermouth. Mm, it's delicious. I'll put the full ingredients on our Instagram, yeah. at Theatre Club Podcast. Yes. But yeah, this is uh, the Rothschilds lunch. Did you know that the Rothschilds were bankers? Yes. Oh, see, I didn't. No. Do you I know found nothing? A, I know nothing. And I found that the play... That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I found the play quite very... a famous family. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I knew that they were very rich. I mean, I've seen them in Tatler. I knew they were very rich. I just didn't actually understand the history. And actually, that's what this play gives you. You understand that, oh, that's how they came to England. They didn't England all this money. England never paid it back. Oh my God, now they're getting involved in the war. And it was like... It was like dynasty. It was like this great big family sort of drama and how they'd set their sons up with all this money. It was quite interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, very interesting. So it's from the original production's 1970 by... Is um, it a musical or a play? A musical. It's a musical. Although almost this production I would call like a musical play almost. So it's by um, Jerry Bock and Sheldon Harnick who did Fiddler on the Roof, which was 1964. So this is 1970. This was kind of their next big production. And again, about kind of a Jewish family. And it was moderately successful, not quite filler on the roof. Um, It's been revived maybe once off Broadway in 1990. And they basically scaled it down. So the production we saw, it's straight through, no interval. They've really like trimmed it down to try and, I guess, in an attempt to make it work more (laughs) as a piece. Um, And it kind of succeeds, but not really. But interestingly, so, our, you know, after we saw this not long after Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And there's kind of similarities in the sense of it's a story about someone people know, the Rothschilds, people know that name, whether or not they know what it is. Same with Alexander Hamilton. He's on American Money, but people don't always know who he is. And it kind of tells that story of kind of rags to riches, coming from nothing, going to something. But it's just... It's not got, well, it's not Hamilton, let's say that. <laughs> it's, it's not, not It's not quite got that pace. Did you also think that, you know the famous song from Fiddler and the Roof? They'd obviously had that hit, and then they were like, let's try get another hit like that. And so that kind of was it's, reprised quite a lot. And I was like, it does sound a lot like Fiddler on the Roof. There's only yes. so much doobie 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 doo you can do without 
drawing yeah. that comparison. To its detriment, I think, it's a slightly derivative of Fiddler and some of the songs you think, oh, I do kind of wish we were listening to <laughs> If I Were a Rich Man, dooby 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 doo. So it's yeah. got that kind of, uh, what's That's it called? That's always a Clips. problem for a musical, isn't it? If you yes. think, mm, yeah, this is good, but so I wish not... I was watching the better version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not quite Fiddler. But like you said, it's an interesting story, whether or not it's a, a fully accurate portrayal of how they came to be, but... If you were dating somebody in the Rothschild family, I'd say go and see it so you can understand what the family's all about and then you can see where the money's yeah. coming from. Well, you know, that probably yeah. applies to at least, you know, tens of people. There are a lot of yeah. sons. There, there are, are a lot of sons, sons probably. That's true. But it's interesting and it is a part of history I didn't know about how they supported the British in their fight against Napoleon and then the British kind of turned their backs on them. They said, we'll basically fund this war for you because they'd become very rich. This is kind of what would have been the second half. Um, and then the British turned their backs to them. They said, you know, we'll fund this war if you get rid of the Jewish ghettos across Europe because Jews were still living in these very oppressive ghettos. And then the British were like, eh, actually, maybe not. Mm. And so. Typical, bloody typical. Bloody British. So then yeah. they, they used their power again and they, they tried to drive. I can't quite remember, but they were trying to drive down the price of these war uh, peace bonds that the British were selling and were successful in doing so, and they basically did, to some extent, emancipate the kind of Jewish population of Europe. So it's mm. a real story of kind of rags to riches success, but it doesn't really work as a show. They've tried their best yeah. from 1970 till now, but it's just not... There's, the female characters, she's not enough. You know, the production notes kind of say, oh, you know, and the matriarch, but she's not really... She doesn't have enough to do. She's not really the matriarch. Yeah. You don't see that enough. She doesn't get any interesting songs other than giving birth to loads of babies. Oh, now my babies are all being scattered all over Europe. Oh, what am I going to do? Okay, so I take away sort of interesting history lesson, but yes. maybe not the best production ever. It's but, worth mentioning, though, that I think the Park Theatre is another one of those sort of more local theatres off the West End. Um, again, quite small. Um, where you can get some really good deals on tickets, and actually they do some really some really good productions that I've seen there. I, I've enjoyed some stuff there. Yeah, yeah, the actors in it were were amazing. The band was amazing. You managed to get because you live in North London. They do a residence discount ticket, which is good. They do under twenty six tickets, over sixty five. So yeah, it's a really nice little theatre. Got a really nice bar, similar to the right Donmar, by Kingsbury Park almost. Station. You know, it's mm. just it's worth checking out. Um, so that's it for this episode uh, please remember to subscribe and leave us a review and also don't forget to check out our Instagram page for the recipe for this lovely cocktail it's at Theatre Club Podcast all one word all lowercase see you next time bye bye, bye. dooby 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 doo <laughs> <laughs> you're not getting that on my head <laughs> <laughs>